For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of worth. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Friday, everyone. Give yourselves a big hand and a toast. You made it through another week. It's Richard Skipper Celebrates, and today we are celebrating you and the fact that we've gotten through another crazy week in this city and this nation and this country and this world. And it seems like every time you turn on the news, there's something crazier to grab grab our attention and to throw us into some crazy Michigas. But today, for the next hour, we're going to celebrate each other and we're gonna celebrate happiness, and we're gonna celebrate authenticity, because I have three very authentic guests, and maybe a fourth, if she gets here in time, uh, guest waiting in the wings. And that's what I'm gonna be celebrating today, our authentic selves. These are three people who are basically, well, they are all at the top of their game in terms of the work they are doing. I'm gonna check and see who's waiting in, well, my friend Natasha Lombardi is here. Hello, Natasha. I'm so thrilled that you're here. And since you're the first one here, I'm going to let you decide who our first guest is that we're going to bring on. All you need to do is pick a number, one, two, or three, and that will decide who our first guest is going to be. And we will bring them on. So I picked the word authenticity because I'm seeing a lot of phoniness going on. And we're going to talk about uh, what authentic selves mean. Uh, I try to live my authentic self. And everything uh, that I say and do, uh, what you see is what you get. Uh, I don't play the games. Uh, and I think that's great that I'm going to bring uh, our first guest on uh, because she is, and she's going to know who I'm talking about as soon as I, she's a darling. She's a true darling. Uh, because she is a children's book writer, and she's been on the show before, uh, and I'm so thrilled when I reached out to her this morning, and she said, yes, she would be here today. Ruthie, darling, I am so thrilled that you were here. And how are you? I'm great. I am just thrilled to be coming back to your show. Well, I'm thrilled you're here, and you, uh, first of all, the first time that you were on the show was a little over a year ago. And you were just starting to get your books published, uh, children's books, and you haven't stopped. No, I haven't. And I'm I think, not giving up. No, I think that I was, if I'm not mistaken, I think I was one of your first interviews. Uh, but since then, it's like every time I turn around, you're doing another interview. You're doing television appearances. You're doing book signings. You're doing all these things out in the desert where you live out in Palm Springs. So... What I mean, how does it feel to be in this whirlwind of this next chapter in your life? You know, I think I told you when I was on your show that I've really reinvented myself. And this is a God-given gift. I have not spent my whole life doing this. And the challenge from God and my angels in the universe is get this word out. Spread the positivity and spread the love. And you know what? And I'm just up to the challenge. I, I not only do I love what I do and I do what I love, I believe in what it is I am doing. And again, a God-given gift. And I say, thank you, God. Well, you've got these great messages that live through these characters in your book. So using our word of authenticity, what does that word really mean to you? And I mean, do you feel that you've always lived your authentic self? You know, we live in a very phony world, and I am very gullible. So I believe because I always told the truth that everybody else would tell the truth. And, and I've come to find out after decades of being here that it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. and, and these messages are, you know what, they're for everybody. They're for any age. They're for any place in the world because you said it uh, – you know what? I mean, I, I love listening to you because you're so wise. And well, you too, you're very authentic. 
And yeah, and and I'm and I'm the ultimate optimist, but I find it very hard to come by these days. And it gets harder and harder and harder. So there are a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to start. Uh, I like to start with a surprise question that I haven't even looked at. So we're going to start with a surprise question today. Uh, so here we go. And the question is: Would you rather be slightly late or super early? I find that it's better to be super early because it's taking the situation. You have respect for what is going on, uh -huh. and it and and to me it means something. Now you're out in the desert. Now I know what it's like here in New York City. Uh, I live in Rockland County. Uh, for those who know New York City and the layout of New York City. I am literally 25 minutes north of Manhattan by car. Um, on a good day, I can be in midtown Manhattan in 20, 25 minutes. Um, if the traffic hits us, that's another story. Uh, so getting around in the desert, I know, is a different story. So what do you feel is the usual situation out in Palm Springs? Do you feel that people are usually on time they're early or they're late? You know, that's an interesting question. I, I really haven't thought about it. Uh, you know what? I've found that people who are chronically late are people who want to control the situation. And I learned that long ago. And and it really applies because it's it's manipulation. In, in my world, it's manipulation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I've got another question for you. And this question is uh, to ask someone to help you with a challenge that you're struggling with. Are there any challenges that you're currently dealing with in terms of your business? Your lot, it could be your, a personal uh, challenge that you're dealing with. And if you could just put it out to the universe right now, a challenge that you're dealing with, anyone's listening, either live or later on playback, what is a personal challenge that you're currently dealing with? Well, I'll tell you, I, I had an accident I fell, I tripped on carpet at the Indian Wells Hotel and I landed against the wall, fortunately for me. I mean, remember those cartoons that you saw, POW, P-O-W? I the heard the POW as I hit the wall. spinning around in your head. Yeah, and I will tell you, I am so paranoid now about every step I take. It's like I'm walking, you think that in my head, I'm like a 400-year-old person, but I cannot afford to have anything happen because my deal here is, God, my room's not ready upstairs. I got to get these books out. <laughs> well, speaking of which, today is National Give Something Away Day. Yes, and, and I have something. Now, what are you going to give away today? Wonderful. So everyone, you need, uh, everyone needs to start uh, putting in uh, our uh, giveaway is uh, hashtag authenticity. And since no one has heard do that yet, we're not ready to do a giveaway. We're going to come back. We're going to we're do a lot of giveaways today. So you have a chance to win several things. So we've got a lot of viewers watching. Start putting those hashtags in and we'll do that. And while we're waiting for that, you bring on our next guest, either number one or number two. Ruthie? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, can I just say one thing before I bring on the Please guest? Can. Sure. Because people don't know what wonderful is. It's a book. It's for all ages. It's for all ethnicities. And how it ends is let's get together and all work as one because working together helps get the job done. And this planet and the people on it need it. And the guest that I am, thank you for that. And thank you for having me on. I'm just thrilled. I am too. And the guest that I pick is one. Okay, and that is my friend Parker Nolan, who I love, cabaret extraordinaire. And Parker is doing something extraordinary right now. Parker, meet Ruthie, darling. Ruthie, meet, meet Parker. Ruthie. Hi, Parker. Hi. Parker is working on a cabaret festival, if you will, uh, that will take place next March uh, in Washington, D.C. And can I tell them, Parker? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am going to be kicking it off. So I'm going to be performing live again, everyone. So I'm excited about that. Uh, so Parker, um, I'm going to ask you, first of all, as an artist, as an entertainer, uh, as someone who is on both sides of the footlights, 
as an artist, as someone who produces, um, what does authenticity mean for you in this business that you're in? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think authenticity for me is walking the talk, right? If, if you say, I will do X on Y date, say, I will do X on Y date, or it just means authenticity and integrity go hand in hand together, right? And you were talking about phoniness a little earlier. Authenticity is getting rid of all that phoniness, and it's about being really connected with the individual or group that you're working with. And just, um, you know, I, I loved what you said, Ruthie, about I believe that people were telling the truth the whole time because I told the truth the whole time. I was exactly the same way, right? I was you know, like, yeah, people are always going to tell me the truth, and they don't. But authenticity is just really being honest and having integrity and doing what you say you're going to do. And when did you, I mean, for, as an artist, I know what that moment is like. It's very different when you are hiding behind a character and being exposed, being Parker Nolan on stage. Mm -hmm. Not that I have played Parker Nolan on stage, uh, <laughs> but being Parker Nolan on stage uh, and just being up there exposing who you are uh, to the world. Uh, when did you begin to find who Parker Nolan is and being able to share that with an audience? Oh, well, um, you know, I also had a really great audience of stuffed animals and hair and a hairbrush microphone when I was a kid, <laughs> right? Like so many of us. Um, but I started doing cabaret and doing um, the really bare kind of performing um, in 2010, I think. So about 10 or 15 years ago. And it was very odd how that happened. Happened completely by accident. I, I think I've shared that story with you or I told a friend of mine, I'd love to do a show. And she's like, great, you're going to do one in October. I'm like, what? I can, I, I'm a classically trained musician. So I can sing in Carnegie Hall. I can sing in Davies Symphony Hall. 3,000 people out there, not a problem. But you put me six feet away from somebody with just enough light so I can see their expression, how they're reacting to the way I'm telling the story or the way that I'm performing vocally. It's, it's a different kind of experience. So to answer your question, when did I start bringing that together? It was probably about 10 years ago because there's a whole different type of performance style, I think, with that. You kind of have to get, and there's a magic when that happens, right? I mean, because everything in the room is electric and everything is right there and immediate as opposed to this big gulf in a concert hall. Well, no, uh, and getting back to the other question that I asked Ruthie, are you either a, an early person or a late person, or where do you fit in on the spectrum? Oh, I, I have a great story for this, and it's absolutely true. I used to be a flight attendant back when I was young and pretty, and flight attendant training was rigorous. I mean, rigorous about being on time. The first day of class, they showed us a sign that said, if you ever see this on the door, we'll see you later. And the sign said, you are late for your departure and have been dismissed for training. Report to human resources. And they would close that door at 8 a.m. and hang the door. And not everybody was on time. I was trained to be on time as a result of that. So I am always, always early. Um, Excuse me for going here with this, but do you think that's changed in the in, in, uh, airline industry? I uh, I don't know. I, I, there are certain reporting requirement times um, for safety issues, but with all the crew changes and scheduling paradigms and algorithms that they have, because uh, you know, not not a single uh, used to be in the old days when my with my airline, a single crew was with the airplane the entire entire pairing, but not so much anymore. You have people connecting and flight attendants coming from this base and that base and pilots coming from different bases. So um, I think people do the best they can with that. I mean, and, and I'm hearing a lot on the news that uh, interestingly enough, because of COVID and now we've got monkeypox and I right. mean, but we haven't even begun to think about what monkeypox is going to do to this country. Uh, right. But with COVID, uh, for two years, people were really locked down. And so now this summer, people are traveling in record numbers like they've never traveled before. 
And the airlines are not set up for it. And okay. so, but unfortunately, what's happening is, and I'd like to get your take on this from your perspective in this business, they are selling more tickets than they are able to accommodate. And that's oh. when everything is getting backed up. Oh, that's absolutely the case. Um, back, back a long, long time ago when I was a flight attendant, I went to school to get my MBA in airline management and did all kinds of stuff. I was with revenue management for an airline that's no longer around. And what revenue management did is it set the number of seats that you sold on a flight at a particular price. And um, this particular carrier would, short story long, they would sell 210% capacity on the flights with the expectation, they had these statistical modeling things that people wouldn't show up. That wasn't true in every market, right? I mean, some flights were only oversold by 10 or 20, but I was working in the South American block and these flights were oversold. The 210% of the seats were sold on the flights. Finally, we had our managing director of the hub come call us and say, you guys need to come down here and see what this is doing to our people. So yes, they do sell more tickets than there are seats on the airplane because it's all about revenues and margins and I won't get into a whole economics thing, but yeah. Wow. Now you see why they call me Sheldon. So I'm um, again, I'm going to ask you whether it be in this profession or wherever it is in your life, is there a particular challenge that you're dealing with in your life that you're just going to put out to the universe that you need help with? You never know who's listening. That's true. Um, for the most part, I am very blessed that everything is moving along well. Uh, there are some challenges and hiccups getting this festival arranged, but it will happen. I am confident it will happen. It will. And I am going to bring our next guest on, who I absolutely, to me, she's a goddess. And I love her. And uh, when she's there for me, when I need a shoulder, a heart, ears, uh, Reverend Sandra Bargman. And she has her own show on Monday nights that... Uh, Put me on hold and listen to me on the playback and go Monday nights to listen to the edge of every day uh, because you will learn a lot from her show. Uh, Sandra, I am thrilled that you're here today. And uh, I'm going to ask you because you truly are uh, living in an authentic lane. Uh, so what does authenticity mean to you? Well, before I dive into that, I, thank you so much for that incredible introduction. And I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me on. And hello and to Ruthie and Parker and to the guests listening in. You know, it's, it's always an interesting question. What is authenticity? And I think for me personally, as I always do my internal work, that can shift for me. But what I always come back to is the willingness and the courage to be vulnerable. Wow. Wow. You know, and to say the things that you're afraid to say, to, to dig the parts that you're out, to go into the dark corners and to bring those things out and to share them with the world and to learn that you're not alone in that. That's really what it is for me. And I want to go uh, back uh, to the question that I asked both of them. Uh, you always seem to be there, uh, but are you an early person or a late person? <laughs> My German background. My you know, I'm absolutely like on time. If I'm one minute late, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, no, I am. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit insane that way. Yeah, very much on time. Um, now, I'm going to say uh, we have a very special sponsor and she's watching right now. Uh, and I'm going to talk about her when, uh, but uh, I'm just going to, uh, I'm not going to mention her name because I'm going to, I, I was hoping that she would pop in uh, and uh, you'll know who she is when she pops in. Uh, but I just sent you uh, a link to your email address. So uh, once you get that, we'll bring her on 
and uh, we'll talk about our very special sponsor today. Um, but uh, is there a special challenge that you're dealing with, Sandra, uh, that you want to put out to the universe? Well, in a practical way, I need um, I need better speakers and a uh, better speakers for my brand new salon space in the Catskills. And I want, you know, people to contribute to <laughs> helping me upgrade some of my equipment. Uh, anyone who knows anything about uh, sound equipment. Um, that being said, I think the challenge that I'm, and I talked about this this morning with another friend of mine, I, you know, those of us who feel as though we live in challenging times, and we have a lot to say, and we feel as though we have a lot to contribute. Ruthie with her book, Parker with his new um, uh, show and series and um, festival, and you, Richard, with all that you do. And it's easy to feel overwhelmed. It's easy to feel really overwhelmed with all the things that we need to do. And I, I just always... In, this week, I want to let go of that. And you talked also about letting go this week. I want to let go of that notion that I have, there's always, I have to go, 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 go. And I need to just relax and, and understand that I am, I'm getting to the things that I need to get to and I'm staying focused and everything is, is being accomplished as it needs to be accomplished and, and really having compassion with passion, compassion for myself and all that I do with all of that. Well, God bless you. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, putting it out to the universe because uh, I put out to the universe. Uh, I, do look for sponsors and I will let you all know that I got an incredible sponsor this week and she has a new CD out and the CD is called uh, Reimagine and it happens to be an amazing CD why don't you come on the show today and there are a couple of things this week happens to be, well, uh, on the 10th, which was this past Sunday, uh, was also Jerry Herman's birthday. And mm -hmm. tomorrow night, we will be celebrating on this channel, uh, Jerry Herman's birthday with a lot of surprise guests, including Ann Kittredge, because one of the tracks on Reimagine is a reimagined uh, version of before the parade passes by, uh, by, of course, uh, Jerry Herman. So, Anne, thank you for being here. Thank you for being my sponsor for all of the shows this week. And stick away uh, around for the closing credits today, too. Uh, so we've got a nice surprise for you. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to begin by asking you um, what authenticity means to you, because I will say this, you are truly authentic in terms of how you present a lyric, how you inhabit a song, and how you present a show. Um, where did you find your authentic self on stage? Uh, I think it's because I'm Irish and Polish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think both of those, they're very strong people and they're very centered and they're very opinionated. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you a great example of authentic because it was four 56 when Richard wrote, do you want to be a guest on the show that starts at five? And authentic is that I didn't have time to put makeup on. So this yeah. is authentic. <laughs> you, look great. you look great. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I think you've answered the, uh, the next question. Are you early or late? You show up on time. You're there. Thespians <laughs> <laughs> do. Thespians do. Yeah. Yeah, well, when we were in, San and I went to college together. We went, we've known each other for an extremely long time, extremely long time. And, uh, and you know, uh, I don't know if this ever happened with you, San, but some of our teachers um, would literally, like an acting class, if you were not in the room by the time class started, that you weren't allowed in. Yeah. You know, I remember once. Oh, yeah. I remember once one of the rooms that we um, had had most of our acting classes in um, had a, a floor level window 
And I had to climb into it to get into class once because I knew Lord. that if I run around, I wouldn't have gotten in. <laughs> wow. wow. Well, uh, and Anne, I hope we can give away one of your CDs today. Can we do that? I would be happy to. Absolutely. Okay, great. So wh what we're going to do is we're going to, just for the fun, uh, just as uh, they wind down for the week, I've got questions to ask each of you uh, to give everyone a little sense beyond your art of a little bit about who you are. Uh, hopefully it'll be fun. And hopefully there are no gotcha questions, although there are gotcha questions. Uh, Ruthie, I'm going to start with you. And uh, and I already know the answer to this que uh, question because you and I talked about this this morning. And uh, I love what you've done with this character and what's coming up next for you. Uh, but what are you currently working on? What can we expect around Thanksgiving for you? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we talked about it this morning, I want to share with everybody, I have... A new story coming out, T.T. Turkey, the turkey that got away. T.T. lives in a pen with his friends at number 10. They start disappearing, and he figures he better get out of here, out of the, out of the farm. And he ends up meeting Mr. Rabbit, Miss Mouse, who's hanging laundry outside of her house. The warty old toad from the farm joins in. They end up living in a fine old house down at the end of the road. And this is a worldwide message. And it is, if wishes and dreams can really come true, then peace on earth is our wish for you. And I have to tell you, I should have added to that challenge, not focusing on my accident, but focusing on something positive. These books have been sent to the first lady in the White House. And because of these worldwide situations, security has been raised. And I'm hoping that they get into her hands sometime this next month. I'm this, just keeping my fingers crossed. Ruthie's oh, books beautiful. are just, these books are so, I, these. Oh, that's Moonbeam. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Libra and Zoe Zebra, um, Miranda the Panda, um, the whole story. And I'll tell you something that all of you can do. Uh, you can order these books and you can take them to children's hospitals, which is what I've done. So it's a, it's a neat little thing to do because they are great children and they, they're inspirational. They're great stories. And if you want to do something to put something positive out into the world, that's what you can do. And uh, great idea. Ruby, I love you. So everything. Oh, I love you, Richard. Thank you so much. And I'm just looking for that right connection out there. And I know it's coming. Oh, it, it's it's here. It's right Thank here. You. It's circling. Um, so, Parker, my question for you is, who is the person most similar to you in this business? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> can I get a lifeline? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're all unique and have unique skills as an artist. So um, I know who I aspire to be, but I don't know who is most like me. Um, is that a fair answer? That's fair. Do you want to tell us who you aspire to be like in this business and why? Um, I, I would love to be, um, I, I, I would love to be Kurt Elling or Jim Van Flyke. I mean, both of those guys are just incredible performers. Hmm. So there you go. Oh, that's great. Uh, Sandra, uh, what makes you happy outside of the work that you do? Because and there's, there's so much that you do. Uh, <laughs> I, you're doing weddings and you, uh, you've got the radio program. And perform and, and sing and yes. Uh, when you get away helpful. from the spotlight, let's put it that way, what makes you happy? I do a lot of reading. That makes me very happy. Um, I'm, I'm, I live in a beautiful spot and I try to get outside and, and, and utilize that every single day that, that um, pull myself away from my work at the computer or my work in the studio. And, and that makes me happy. I have I to think, ask, have you mm -hmm. had a chance to experience the full moon this week? 
I have not. Isn't that horrible? I've totally told, well, I've seen it, but you know, it's not like I, I was with it and mm -hmm. really sat with it and really, you know, spent time with it. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't That's believe that I, God, yeah. And, but what I, I think, I think just, you know, the, the growing number of, of relationships that I have in my life right now that are people who are really in my corner and who are genuinely helpful and uplifting is really the thing that's making me the happiest. Great, great answers. Um, Anne, um, when, were you, when in your life did you feel that you were out of control when it came to your career and what got you through that? Um, is now okay? No, um, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess I'd have to say, uh, you know, I, I took time off to raise my kids. And when I was stepping back in, I had no idea how to do it. I was completely lost. Like all the casting directors were different. Um, my agents were still interested in working with me, but I mean, I hadn't been around for so long and, um, and it's actually the reason why I chose to, you know, stick my toes into cabaret because I felt it would give me some control. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I managed it. It was like, wow, I have no idea how to get back to the career I had. So look, I've got control if I do cabaret. And so that's what I did. Well, I want to ask, I mean, first of all, I commend you that you made the decision that you did and you did a great job because I love both your, uh, your children. Um, and, but what brought you back? When did you know that it was time to come back? So I used that time to invest in, I became a child education advocate. Um, I did a lot of, you know, leadership things in the city. And, um, but I also, if I wasn't performing those number of years, what I was doing was I was directing children. I was doing volunteer shows for the children and, and revamping ceremonies for the school. As a matter of fact, they're still doing them the way I revamped them, which I'm like, okay, you can change now. But, um, and I just, I did a lot of that. And I remember um, just before my son was going into middle school, I remember thinking to myself, okay, this was good. Now I want to be on stage. <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, I've been working with you little kids for a long time and it's been great, but now I want to get back on stage. So, and then it took me still a few more years. I wanted to wait till my son was going into high school. So that that's really what it was, was I was still doing it, but I was doing it from the director and the backstage thing. And it was making me hungry again. <laughs> I was in Provincetown, as some of you know, uh, just last, and I saw a lot of shows and I, I realized how much I miss being on stage again. So Parker, mm -hmm. I, I can't wait to get, <laughs> so, yeah, I just can't wait. And I sang last week for the, you know, at the memorial was the first time that I have sung anywhere in a while. Anne and I, you know, both sang at our friend Peggy's memorial. Um, so Ruthie, what is an instance of knowing that you are living your authenticity? Oh, wow. I don't know. You know what? I'm just very real and I, I can't be any other way. This is, this is just me every day. What you see is what you get. I'm like a television screen. <laughs> well, that's not always authentic, but <laughs> no, I was going to say, and I know it's not, but this, believe me, I'm not scripted. Okay. All you have to do is ask my kids. <laughs> well, and, and, I, and I love that. And I know that about you, Ruthie. Um, so Parker, I'm all about daily acts of kindness. Um, and the other night I had uh, Barbara Minkus on the show, great interview with her. Um, have you had a chance today to exercise a daily act of kindness? Yes, I have. Um, I generally don't, it, it, I have, I'll, I'll leave You it don't need that. to go into details, it, you know, I think I think sometimes just being kind and doing simple things like holding doors for people or returning shopping carts or those little things that people overlook um, are also acts of kindness that people can do. I agree. And, 
So, yes. Absolutely. Uh, Sandra, what's the single most beautiful site that you've ever visited? Ooh. Ooh. Besides, um, besides the plum. <laughs> thank you. Besides the plum. Hmm. Um, okay. Don't, my mind just went naughty. Um, <laughs> thank you, Anne. And this should um, be over. So yes. we-, <laughs> we, won't, we won't go there. Uh, you know, what pops into my mind is, and, and of course, this is not the most beautiful, but it was probably the timing in my life, and it was so profound, was going to, um, was going to cathedrals and, and sacred spaces in Japan. I lived in Japan for a year, and, um, and just that whole living there and being there and traveling around and doing shows there was just extraordinary for me. It was just uh, life changing. So I don't know that that may, other than, than, than the Grand Canyon, you know, oh, yeah. that's pretty vast and extraordinary. Wow. Wonderful. Uh, Anne, uh, what do you think? Um, I, I mean, you've, I mean, you've created this, incredible cd reimagine um uh, the plug for that um from your initial idea of what this cd would be until giving birth and now it's out there for the uh world to enjoy mm -hmm. i'm gonna put the banner up so that people can go and uh it's on various uh, uh links that people can listen to um did it turn out the way that you imagined that uh, reimagined uh, that it would uh, come out, or where did where is it on the spectrum in terms of what your initial idea of what this album would be? You know, um, I have to tell you, this making this album was just so fundamentally important to me as a performer, and I didn't know it was going to be. But what happened in the process, because I just, you know, I had just gotten to a point where I had arrangements from different music directors that I'd worked with that I loved and that, you know, you do them at 54 below, there's 100 people there. You know, you do it three times at 54 below, there's 300 people there. But these, I thought these arrangements were amazing. And, and I was like, I've got to get them down. I've just got to get them down. Um, and that was sincerely the extent of my expectation. Um, but I then... You know, I got involved with Paul Rolnick. He opened my world. He was my album producer. And um, it was the, the thing that was so wonderful about it was that I thought that the album was very weird. I thought that the choices on the album were very strange and that they might even not make an album. You know, I was like, I don't even know if this is an album. It's just so strange. And all of my creative team were so supportive of my vision and believed in my vision and uh and 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 fed it and i can't even tell you how important that is for an artist to finally you know have a vision and other people value it you know and mm -hmm. and so those moments when you're making an album and every it happens for everyone where you're you know you've listened to it a thousand times and you hope you never have to listen to it again and you just you know and you know i've got paul my my producer just saying man this is really good and then when we sh shop shopped around and, and found a, a label and the label is like um you know he's very picky and he's like you know this is what i loved about it and you need to make more records and blah 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 it, it it just made it I, I hate to say it but i guess it validated a belief i had in myself but finally i was getting that you know mirroring back to me which really gave me some uh, a lot of joy that's wonderful that's great. and that's and that's called collaboration that's what it's all about uh ruthie um what other projects would you like to tell us about well, my plan for next year is to come out with an Easter fantasy story. Mr. Mubble short for trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and the message is, "'Twas a brand new beginning for dear Mr. Mubble, who then chose to become a lovable bubble because he is somebody that is out to destroy Easter. Wow. 
And I'd like to, after it comes out in book form, as Shrek did originally, I would love for somebody to take the challenge and turn this into a full-length animated movie. So mm-hmm. all I can do is send messages out to the universe. And I mm-hmm. can I add one thing? Please? Of course, of course. When you asked about a favorite place in the world, my favorite place is the wall, the Western Wall in Israel. It's mm. just magnetic for me. It's To me, it's the most valuable piece of real estate in the entire world. Wow. I've thank you for letting that. me share that. No, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Ruthie, can I just can I just interject? I just have to tell you that as a parent, first of all, I know that it's not easy writing children's books. I know that. And I also have to say that, um, you know, parents these days, I'm not uh, I'm not the, I, I am the norm. I'm not the the odd one. You know, we read to our kids till they're into their early teens every single night. And it, now my kids are 18 and 22. And I have to tell you that now they talk, they tell stories about when we would be sitting in their bed and we would be reading to them and stuff. It absolutely, it, 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 it builds on the family dynamic. It's just, it's so important. So I just have to say that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause Richard knows my motto and I'll stop talking, but my motto that I would love to share with everybody, with the world, with everybody on this program is empowering children and adults through the wonderful world of children's literature. And it took me from start to completion nine plus years. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And you did it, it, Ruthie. Uh I'm doing it. (laughs) You're doing it. I love the fact that you're doing it. I mean, when I first discovered Ruthie and she had never done, even been on an interview before, and I brought her on the show. And look at what you've done just in the past year and a half. It's amazing. So kudos, congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm so I really, I, This has just been wonderful. And what a surprise from out of nowhere today. Well, I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm thrilled that all of you are here. Um, so Parker, what is the one non-monetary thing that you have the highest hope of, mon- uh, of obtaining in life? Oh, serenity. I mean, that's got to be it. I mean, as crazy as the world is and as crazy as life can be, to have those moments of absolute clarity and calmness, that that truly is a priceless and non-monetary gift. Um, And, you know, you had asked a question, one of the guests earlier, about how do they know they're in a moment of authenticity. And for me, it's when that that serenity just kind of happens and you're just, it's just like being on a flat pond. And that is the thing that is, is most important for me. Uh, I wish that for all of us, you know, and everybody watching too, especially now. And, you know, it's interesting. And thank you for saying this. I have a friend and she's gone through a very difficult time. Uh, And if she's watching, you know, and she knows we, uh, I had a conversation with her uh, last week. Uh, Her uh, mother passed away about a little over a year ago. And she's dealing with uh, her husband going through an illness and uh, issues with a, a son and everything piling up on her. And uh, and I said, stop whatever you're doing and pick up the phone and call me now. Mm-hmm. And I said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I said, you need one day a week that is your time away from everything go see a movie go get a massage do whatever it is that is your time that you need to get away and we all especially nowadays we all need to do this uh i didn't realize uh this may come as a surprise to a lot of you i'm a workaholic (laughs) really (laughs) oh my gosh really (laughs) And until I went on that vacation uh, two weeks ago, I didn't realize how much I needed it. It was just like, I just like let go. And it was just an important getaway that I just said, okay. And just going out and being with friends and seeing shows and just letting go. It was just, and uh, my friend Natasha says, tell me something I didn't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, but I, because I'm driven. I am so driven. And it was just so nice just to get away from it all. Uh, Sandra, um, who uh, are your artistic heroes uh, who have had the biggest impact on your work? Hmm. Well, uh, probably it would be Billy Wilson, um, who Anne knows. Um, Billy Wilson was uh, a director and a choreographer. He was very well known in Europe and then came and directed on Broadway uh, and choreographed on Broadway. Um, and he did Bubbling Brown Sugar and um, an all black version of Guys and Dolls. Mm. And um, in my senior year of college, he came in as a guest director and did guys and dolls and um and i went in and i auditioned because i have a very big vocal range i went in and always considered myself a mezzo and a soprano i went in and auditioned for sarah and Anne doesn't know that probably have i told you okay and uh and and he thanked me and sent me back outside and said, and now I want you to go out and look at Adelaide and come back in and sing and, and read for Adelaide. And, um, and so I can't, so he really switched gears for me in my understanding. He really connected me deeply to my comedic side uh, which was always there, but it was not something I paid a lot of attention to or gave a lot of credence to. And now it is what I lead with. And um, so, uh, you know, unfortunately, he was a great mentor to me, but he died of AIDS very young and was, you know, I didn't have a long relationship with him, but... Um, but it was his vision of me and his belief in me that really changed the course of my performing life. Wow. wow. He was an extraordinary human and his great love, Chip Garnett. And God bless him that he saw something else mm -hmm. in you and that he took the time. That totally took, well, and of course he was there to teach. So of course yeah. he did, but however, you know, it, it had an, an, an enormous impact on me. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, Anne, what is the biggest culture? Oh, and I forgot to, sorry, interrupt. And oh. Anne played Sarah in that Sarah. production. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And we had a great duet together. And we yes, we did. So Anne, what do you think is the biggest culture shock that you have experienced in your lifetime? Um, I guess um, the first uh, the first thing that came into my mind, I don't know if it's the real thing, but it's the first thing that came to my mind was that I have to admit, I was born and raised in a small New England town where everyone was white and they were Catholic. And actually, they were also mostly Irish and Polish. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I went to Carnegie Mellon um, that mm. I was exposed to diversity. Now I didn't, it wasn't like I was like, oh my gosh, not at all. It's just that I, to be honest with you, I think I felt at home more. I think I finally went, oh, this is what life looks like. This is what life looks like. Mm. Um, I've never been able, I, I love my hometown. I have very strong sentimental feelings for it, but I never in a million years could I live there again. I, I just couldn't because I've seen too much. You know, I mean, I, I, yeah. I felt the same thing when I first moved to New York because I grew up in the South. And I remember my first Sunday in New York finding Park Avenue Methodist Church and going for the first time, because believe it or not, even until I left South Carolina in 1979, churches were still segregated. Uh-huh. And I had not been in an integrated church until I came to New wow. York. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so when I walked into an integrated church in New York and I saw 
Chinese and Korean and Blacks. And uh, it, it was a melting pot. And I thought, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And that was the first time I experienced it. So I'm gonna change the background here for it. And there's a reason. So look at this. And it's gummy worm day. Edibles, <laughs> edibles. It's gummy worms. And so I want to ask, Ruthie, uh, you write children's books. I mean, uh, are you, uh, do you like candy? And if so, what is your favorite go-to candy when you go for candy? Well, my most favorite, which is horrible for the teeth, is the Halloween acorn candy. (laughs) I finally I meet someone who likes that candy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I know people who think it is the worst thing on this planet. I don't care. I love it. Good for you. Yeah, I feel <laughs> so sheltered. I don't even know what that is. I, I don't, oh, I, I don't little, think I do too either. And it's a little triangle. It's a little triangle and it's orange and white and a drop of chocolate. It's like an acorn. Well, not like an acorn, like a triangle. Like the Indian, like the Indian corns, only with chocolate. Uh, If you drew, I'll have to do some research. If you drew a triangle, put the orange on the bottom, put the white in the middle, and then put the chocolate on top. That's what it is. (laughs) Okay, and Parker, what about you? Oh, that's. I would have to say my go-to is is uh, cherry jelly beans. I, cherry flavors like it for me. Wow. Me, it's the licorice jelly beans. I love, oh God, I love them. Uh, Sandra? Well, we just had s'mores around our, our brand new fire pit. And we Ooh. made s'mores with my favorite, Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh! Whole new level. <laughs> Up you level your s'mores now. Are you going to get when the summer's <laughs> over? I'm what? what? You're going to do it again before the summer's over. I'm inviting yeah, baby, you to come on up. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And Anne? Uh, my kids my kids know this. They always treat me to it because I don't get candy often, but I don't know what they're called. Bullseyes. Bullseyes. Oh. I don't know what it is about those things, but I, I can't stop eating them. Wow. <laughs> if well, I'm around them. But. So uh, I am going to, I'm going to bring this uh, screen up here and we're going to do some giveaways. And uh, so uh, Ruthie, what is our first giveaway? Oh, we mean wonderful? Uh, wonderful. So, uh, and uh, so here uh, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to find out who we're going to. Uh, so, Francis Shea. And uh, so, write the name down, Ruthie, and I will put you and Francis in touch with each other. And I will remember Francis Shea. I don't have a pen with me now, but uh, absolutely. I, my pleasure. Francis is a friend of mine, so I will definitely put you in touch with each other. Now, Parker, you mentioned that you can give away like a free pass to every, if, if they can get to Washington. Uh, tell, tell everyone a little bit about uh, the overall festival. I am going to kick it off. We're going to do a version of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Uh, and I think that Lena Katrakas is going to, is she closing? Lena Katrakas is closing the festival. It's March 18th to the 23rd. We have a mix of local and uh, regional and national performers lined up. Uh, some performers will be doing master classes. And what we're going to be offering is an all access pass if you can get to Washington, D.C., for all of the events and master classes. So it, it promises to be a fun, fun week. And we have a wonderful, wonderful place, a new venue here in D.C. to do it. To, and that's our home. Um, we're very blessed to have found that. So we're excited. And you'll get a chance to spend some time with us. So, That's right. uh, and uh, we're going to do a draw again, and we'll find out who will uh, hopefully uh, win this. And uh, uh, let's see who's going to. Doug McAllister. Doug, you need to uh, plan a trip to Washington and uh, see me live. So, uh, I hope that you'll be able to make it. And if not, we'll figure something else out. Uh, and, uh, Sandra, you have a CD as well. I do. Is that your giveaway? It is. Okay. So Edge uh, of Every Day, the original solo show that my podcast is based upon. 
and it is a great CD. Uh, you know, it's in our car, and we listen to it quite often oh. on our road trips. Oh, so uh, it's there, and uh, let's see. Doug McAllister, it's you, you, <laughs> you are a lucky man, Doug. Two, so, two in a row. And will you sign it for Doug? Of course I will. And Anne, we are going to do another uh, giveaway. And let's see uh, who will get reimagined. And everybody, please tune in tomorrow night at seven o'clock. We are going to celebrate Jerry Herman, uh, Natasha Lombardi. I will put you in touch with Anne. And I've got a special uh, giveaway, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, you'll just uh, have to see what's in the mail. Okay. And let's do one more. Francis Shea. And Francis, we still uh, have to do a dinner. Uh, so let's uh, we move this. And I'm going to take this off. And I want to, once again, thank you all for being here today. And I thank all of you for being here. And uh, we're each going to give it, get a chance to have our closing uh, remarks. Uh, I'm going to start, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Ruthie. And then you will pick the next person. And then ever who that person is, we'll pick the next person until we're left with no one. And the last person will just say goodbye. And the final credits will roll. Um, everybody stick around for the closing credits. Uh, but anyway, I want to thank you all for being here. Uh, authenticity. Um, we yeah. all have the chance uh, to live our authentic selves each and every day uh, with our actions, our words, our deeds, uh, and who and what we're all about. I've seen a lot of negativity uh, going around lately about other artists, about uh things that are in the news, uh, and a lot of times based on innuendo, uh, based on things that we hear secondhand. It's not always based on fact. And we are contributors to it when we play into it. Uh, the other day, uh, a friend uh, sent me something, and I know that if it was sent to me, it was sent to other people as well. And I didn't read past the first uh, couple of lines. And I said, how does this elevate me? How does this elevate you? How does this elevate the person that this is written about? Uh, please take me off this list. Uh, I don't want to receive this. Um, and I think about what we see in social media. And again, I sound like a broken record, but it's worth repeating. When you see something on social media, and I can speak for every person here, we're all artists, and we all want to be recognized, and we all want to be acknowledged. If you see, whether it's any of us, or whether it's other artists, uh, like, share, comment. And those three things are very simple things to do. And if it's not going to elevate any of us, uh, simply delete. And on that note, I always say at the end of every show, go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list and today reach out to the first name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call, and let that person know what they mean to you. Uh, because as our dear friend Sean Moniger says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, and you can all say it with me, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. along. <laughs> so I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to turn it over to you, Ruthie. And if you're going to have any gummy bears tonight, share them with your friends. Okay, Ruthie, it's all yours. Well, you know, I like what you said, Richard, because I believe, and I do this, I, I, try, to make, I try to make this a point of, when I see something on social media, I try to share what people are doing. And there, you know, this is like an entertainment mecca out here. And I found that not mm -hmm. only are people appreciative, but you know what? It's like a two-way street. It, it's... You do something good for someone and it's, it's, for me, it's payback. And I don't know if I can, you know, if I can state it in any other way. And I've read, you know, I read, you know, what you've written and, you know, these negative comments and you know what, I, I just delete them. I, I just, it's, 
the negativity there there's I want to spread love and that's what my stories and that's what I'm about and I'm gonna give the stage over to well I'm gonna hand it over to Anne because we were she was talking to me before about reading children's stories so and thank you for that it was a wonderful wonderful share that you had so yes okay so um I guess there's two things I'd like to share. First of all, that, um, and Richard knows this, and I don't know if San, uh, Sandra knows this, but you know, one of my, uh, I, I have to admit that I'm not the best person to watch these shows live, but I am a really good person who watches them on my own time. Mm -hmm. And there are, and, and the great thing about um, Richard, he's got a plethora, a plethora of videos to choose from, which I often, uh, uh, you know, kind of go, which one am I going to listen to this time? And then San, Sandra, her her um her show is newer, but the the topics that she hits upon are so meaningful that if you're looking for you know if you're looking for that kind of a fix, like a really authentic, meaningful discussion, and 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 really getting into. Um, much more of a, of a of a spiritual at the same time the nuts and bolts of things um, you, you got to check out Sandra's um, uh, uh, videos and she also has them as audios sometimes I'll have them on in the car um, and then as for me I, you know the shameless plug is that I've got my um, the album's coming out but I'm also going to be doing the album essentially live again in October. And, uh, and then I'm also going to be in the cabaret convention just a few days after that. So um, I would just, oh, please join us. Um, it's, it's a huge, the, the, the show that we're doing right now for the album is just a celebration more than anything. And I really uh, have a full band and I, I would love to see as many of you there as, as possible. And thank you so much and have a great weekend. And I hand it over to Parker. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, everybody, for being here. It was wonderful to meet you all. Um, my parting words would be simply just to be kind and be kind in as many ways as you can. Um, and my shameless plug would be uh, come to DC March 18th through the 25th for a really wonderful, wonderful week of shows. I hope to see you all there. Um, there's plenty of space, plenty of tickets, and it's going to be a wonderful lineup. Until then, be well, be safe. Thank you, Richard, for having me on for all of us. Thank you, Anne, for that lovely, lovely plug about the edge of every day. Thank you all for listening in. The Edge of Every Day on talkradio.nyc. I will say here what I say at the end of my show. Remember, you are always on the edge of the miraculous. And for my shameless plug... Um, uh, I have a salon space, and Richard mentioned this briefly, the plum on my property. It's uh, my garage that I've turned into this fabulous venue salon space where we can have house concerts and lovely small weddings and uh, gatherings, intimate gatherings of all kinds, because I want to bring back the salon culture where people celebrate conversation, the art of conversation and in and building community, conscious community. And my website for that, you can go to sandrabargeman.com, but you can also go to the plum at Traver Hollow House, which is the plum th2.com. And the next uh, event that I have is with two. Uh, band. Well, one is a band and one is a single performer. It's on Saturday, August 20th from 5 to 7.30. And the first performer is Eric Wood, um, Eric with a C, wood.com. And the second group is uh, a group called Kumara. And one of the founding members of that is our beloved Sean Harkness of the cabaret community. And I'm 
I believe, although I don't know this for certain, but I believe it, it's, it's a new group and I believe it's the first time that this trio of internationally acclaimed musicians will be performing for the first time and, and, you know, sharing, beginning to step forward and share what they're doing and in the world. So go to the plum th2.com. You can learn more about it and you can find a link to tickets or you can friend me on Facebook. Um, I'm all over social media. If you want to find information about this event, thank you again to all of you for listening in. And again, I'll say it again. Remember, you are always on the edge of the miraculous. Good night.